So this morning I want to look at the character of wisdom in the book of Proverbs. And noting that we're just trying to get back into the swing of things, uh, I want to do that just by telling a story this morning. Is that okay? Okay. Well, once upon a time, a very long time ago, there was a village in a land that was far away. And it was a small community, but it had a lot of kids in it. Now, kids have to be taught. Did you know this? I feel like I'm learning this as a parent every day. You have to teach them everything. You know, from babies, you've got to teach them how to sleep through the night and how to eat solid food, and then, of course, how to walk and how to talk and how to know what's right and what's wrong. And you've got to teach them what virtues to cultivate and to practice. Someone taught you those things once when you were little. And kids just generally have to be taught, right? Now, this is a happy coincidence because usually adults like to teach these things. Right, usually. Um, and this is just kind of one of the laws of nature. People that are older, that have lived longer, they've got more experience and more wisdom than younger people, right? And they usually like to pass that on. They like to give back, and so this works out well. Well, this fact of life was something that our community, the village in this story this morning, took very seriously. And so every day, as the sun rose high in the sky, all the children in the community would be corralled together, gathered together in the middle of the town, and they would sit in one big squirmy mess, and the elders from the community would all come out, and they would teach them. They would teach them about life, and about faith, and about the world. Now, this was a long time ago. This was once, a to- once upon a time before iPads, before school buses. This was, this was even before books were a thing that people had in their homes. So teaching and learning was done mostly orally, right? This was done mostly through listening and then repeating and then eventually memorizing right? Listening and repeating and memorizing, listening, repeating, and memorizing. And so every day, these elders with their wrinkles and their gray hair would look into these tiny little faces, these squirrely, sweet, sometimes mischievous faces, and they would teach them simple sayings, simple phrases, little proverbs. They were short. They were pithy. They were easy to memorize. They were instructions for life. Repeat after me, the teachers would say. And a whole choir of little voices would chime in and repeat the saying again and again and again until the phrase was seared in their memory. But the teachers didn't just want these kids to memorize these sayings, right? It wasn't just head knowledge that they wanted. For the youth, they wanted these words to sink deeper than memory. They wanted the kids to internalize them, to chew on these sayings again and again and again until finally, hopefully, maybe something would click. 
A light bulb would go on, right? They wanted these students to understand the big messages that were packed into these little sayings. See, the whole goal behind all of this listening and repeating and memorizing behind all of these little phrases and proverbs, the whole goal was to teach the younger generation how to be wise people, right? To teach them about wisdom, how to grow up in wisdom. So to make sure that these teachers were getting their main point across, right? Because these teachers realized that they were teaching kids, right? Squirrely, imaginative kids with very short attention spans. You education majors may get this. These teachers personified their big main idea. They personified wisdom. They made wisdom a person, a character in a story, which makes a lot of sense to me, right? Good move, teachers. Wisdom's kind of weird, right? It's, how would you explain what wisdom is? You know, it's kind of like being smart, but it's more than that. It's kind of like being careful, but it's more than that. It's this big, abstract, philosophical idea. And so if I'm a kid, or even a college student, right, or even an adult, I'm not going to have the patience to sit there and try to wrap my head around this big theoretical concept. But if you talk about wisdom as a person, it catches your imagination. Right? You can visualize it and have an easier time actually grasping the concept. So we do this in our culture sometimes, right? If you think about Uncle Sam personifying our government, or you think about the Grim Reaper personifying death, personifying wisdom is actually a really effective way to teach it. So this was how our community in the story this morning went about instructing the children. And after years and years and years of doing this orally, someone decided to write it down, and thus we have the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs begins with these words about its purpose. It says, this book is for learning about wisdom and instruction for gaining understanding in righteousness and justice and equity. It's for teaching knowledge to the young. And so with that introduction, the teacher then launches into this routine of the listening and repeating and memorizing of proverb after proverb. But before they get too far into this routine, our main character takes the stage. Right, she appears for the first time, and it says in chapter 1, wisdom cries out in the street. In the squares, she raises her voice. At the busiest corner, she cries out at the entrance of the city. She speaks, how long, O oh simple ones, will you love being simple? I pour out my thoughts to you, she says. I have called to you, and you have refused but those who listen to me will be secure and will live at ease. And then she disappears 
And the book continues with more Proverbs, more of this uh, listening and repeating and memorizing, proverb after proverb, chapter after chapter. But every now and then, our main character, Lady Wisdom, appears again in the distance. She calls out. She tells students to listen to her, to follow her, and then she vanishes. And this regiment continues with more proverbs. Now, I imagine that certain minds, if they're anything like me, might get bored after a while with this routine, right? But then, usually right at that point is when Lady Wisdom emerges again. And she speaks. She grabs our attention. Imaginations are stirred with this overwhelming curiosity. Who is this? What is she saying to us? Whenever we catch a glimpse of her, but then she disappears again, and we go back to this listening and repeating and memorizing of the Proverbs. So throughout the whole curriculum, Lady Wisdom continues to be elusive, kind of like an ancient Where's Waldo of sorts. <laughs> and we've got to pay attention as Lady Wisdom pops in and out of the scene. We've got to listen carefully for her voice throughout the whole first 30 chapters of this book, and it kind of feels like a hide-speed game of hide-and-seek until finally, finally, we get the chance to really see her, to get to know her at the end of the book. Our chase comes to a jaw-dropping stop in chapter 31. When she finally sits down with us, and she gives us a real opportunity to look at her straight in the eyes. And so as we gaze at her smiling back at us, the teacher describes her. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and she does him good and not harm. She seeks wool and flax. She works with willing hands. She rises while it's still night and provides food for her household and tasks for her servant. She considers a field and then buys it. And then with the fruit of her hands, she plants the vineyard. She girds herself with strength. She makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. And her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hand to the staff and the spindle, and then she opens her hand to the poor. She reaches out her hands to the needy. She makes for herself coverings. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. She makes linen garments and sells them. She supplies the merchant with sashes. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her happy, call her blessed. And her husband, too, praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her a share in the fruit of her hands and let her work works praise her in the city gates. This, the teachers say, is what wisdom looks like in a person. This is what we want you to be like. Whether you're young or old, 
whether you're good at mathematics or athletics or relationships, whether you're going to be a farmer or a soldier or a teacher, whether you're going to be married or single, whether you're a guy or a girl, the teacher points to Lady Wisdom here and says, at the conclusion, the climax of the book, we want you to be this person. Model yourself after Lady Wisdom. All these proverbs that you've been listening to and memorizing and repeating, they all lead up to this. They help you become wise like this person. So if we were just to scratch the surface in Proverbs 31, we would see that Lady Wisdom teaches us to live in such a way that even those who are closest to you trust you, sing your praises. We learn that we should do work willingly and we should willingly work hard. We learn that we shouldn't just consume but we should produce things, right? Be creative, add to things, be sustainable. We learn from Lady Wisdom here that we should meet the needs of those who depend on us. Lead your followers well, help them, guide them, help them to know what to do and how to do it. We learn that we should do big things, like purchasing a big field, but... Don't be so big that you can't get your own hands dirty and plant the seeds. Have the confidence of your family and friends and have confidence in yourself, right? Enjoy the fruit of your hard work and let your hard work enjoy you. Clothe yourself in strength and dignity and let wisdom flow from your mouth. Lady Wisdom is quite a character. There's no other place, actually, in all of ancient Near Eastern literature that matches this kind of a tribute to, specifically, a woman's strength and dignity and social action. I love the Bible stands out that way. And if we're talking about just our own Bible, this picture right here in Proverbs 31 is unequivocally the most flattering portrait of any individual in all of the Old Testament. This is the the most flattering portrait of any character in all of the Old Testament. So if we're looking for a detailed description of what a godly person looks like, look no further in Proverbs 31 to best understand what it looks like to live out the gospel of Jesus Christ fully. Proverbs 31 is the example that we should all strive after. So often the church has co-opted this passage to make it about a certain gender or a certain role of a spouse. But what a loss! What a loss! Proverbs 31 is this high example of wisdom that we ought all to strive after. And of course, because we believe that God is the ultimate source and embodiment of wisdom, this passage gives us a glimpse to what God is like, the Old Testament precursor to what it would look like if God took on flesh. God is clothed in strength and dignity, and wisdom flows from God's mouth. So if you're hungry for some motivation this morning or you want some inspiration or maybe you're sitting here this morning feeling like you really need some wisdom, let me encourage you, especially if you've never done this before, let me encourage you to sit with 
this character this week sometime. Sit with this picture of wisdom that we have here, ultimately, of course, that leads us to Christ. Amen. May you go now being filled with the Holy Spirit, clothed in the strength and dignity of Christ, reflecting the God who loves you more than life itself. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that was good. I heard that. That was a great one. I think it makes sense to me. Great, great <laughs>